This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Welcome to Baldy Go, the officially unofficial podcast for all of Star Trek. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking Season 2, Episode 7 of Star Trek Strange New Worlds, Those Old Scientists. Uh, Aaron, I felt pretty good about this episode. I'm super curious what you thought, because I'm a fan of Lower Decks, and this is obviously a Lower Decks crossover episode. If you're not familiar, you know, Boimler and Mariner characters from that show um i really want to know what you thought though because it's it's a different flavor of star trek i think in lower decks than it is here in strange new worlds yeah although it's funny that like it turns out that i think fully half of the episodes this season are going to turn out to be joke or stunt episodes uh they announced that i think it's episode nine is going to be a musical all musical yeah, I heard about with like this. an original soundtrack of so like if this is one for you because I am not a lower decks fan then maybe the musical will be one for me. Um yeah. I, I like this episode okay. I mean, it was entertaining um but like a lot of the 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 this character specific jokes and situational jokes I didn't feel like I got. I have seen 3 I actually tried the old uh, the old series, the the lower decks uh, cuz I was planning on liking it and enjoying it and i watched the first three episodes i'm like ah this is pretty uh i I, if if i'm watching a comedy i want it to be weird um i tend to like weird dark comedies um uh, and especially animated ones in the longs like bojack horseman um so like it it just didn't it just didn't grab me but it, it, it was fine how did you as a as an aficionado of the lower deck what did you think uh, I quite liked it a lot. I, I mean, it's definitely like sillier than a lot of Star Trek because these characters are sillier. Um, th- they have a certain rhythm in their conversations that is unlike the stuff that happens in Strange New Worlds, but I'm familiar with and I enjoy. So I, I felt like it was it was fun as a crossover episode. Yeah, a lot of the meta humor translated like when uh... I think there's a one point when Boimler and Mariner were having a sidebar about their universe. And it's like, why does, why is everyone talk so slowly and quietly here? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it's, it's quite clearly in animation being a certain amount of mania and uh-huh. screaming is, is seen in like, you know, is it seen as acceptable. I, I like that stuff a lot. I like when they were doing like, you know, fourth wall breaks or even the, the TOS, the TOS, like, Oh, thank you for rescuing me from the TOS era. And I was like, what the fuck does that mean in the, the universe of star Trek? And, sh- and, then, and then they're like, Oh, those old scientists, you know, when they're just those old mm-hmm. scientists running around in the universe. Like that's the era that they call the Kirk era. <laughs> I, some of that, some of that stuff is funny. And yeah. I, I feel like also I would have liked this episode even better had there not been as much chances for the crew to stretch their comedic legs. But I feel like, 
you know, with the Spock episode, in particular, Anson Mount's Pike got to be so fucking funny that he largely everyone in this show or everyone in this episode is essentially playing, you know, that kind of madcap energy. Um, and they got Spock mm-hmm. doing, you know, grinning like an idiot and laughing out loud at jokes. And yeah, that was the strange part to me. I, I like everything they did around that, that made this feel like a lower decks episode that felt strange. I and they could have fixed it for me, at least pretty easily. Just have a scene where Spock talks about Hey, I want I want to try this emotion thing on for a little bit. See how they, it goes. Kind of did. I mean, they didn't stop and and have that because, like, why the hell would he say that to Boimer? Boimer? Well, he wouldn't. He boi- would say that to somebody else, right? He'd probably say that to Chapel. Well, but that's that was one of the weaknesses, right? Is like all since they made Boimler the POV character, mm-hmm. they didn't really have anything that was like other characters just talking about. It was it was all right, strangely driven through POVs. him. Yeah, yeah. or. I think they they kind of the the, the the last episode is where that conversation should have been because exactly. they kind of yeah. touched on it and they just they did they didn't go there so no they needed to prime the pump for me on that because it came and I think they were intentionally trying to make it like shocking oh Spock's gonna right. laugh that's crazy Spock would never do that um, but then to try and retroactively explain he's sort of experimenting with human emotion it it felt strange to me I, I, I needed you know to be funny? warmed up for that reveal. <laughs> Because we talked about, like, how there's been some things that are kind of felt out of place or like, yeah, why did we open up with this? And we didn't get to, like, a Himmler or Himmer, um, you know, goodbye until, like, six episodes in. And and I was thinking, yeah, hard, how hard it is to pace a season where everything kind of hits. But now that I see the entire season, like, oh, my God, you got to steer around the crossover and a musical episode and... It yeah. gets a little hard to make sure that everything kind of lands in the order that you need to land, especially since you're doing actual continuity. Um, you know, more continuity than I've ever seen in a That's the gallivanting thing, around the galaxy, chuck wagon through the stars style Star Trek, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, which it's, I, it's I feel like is, is starting to get in the way with some, specifically with Spock. I, it doesn't seem like they know what to do with Spock other than let's investigate his love life and, and try and make him emotional. You know, but it's, they, it's like, is there anything else we could do with Spock? Because I'm kind of getting tired of that. It could be that they see a unique period of Spock's life where yeah. they could and they'll never be able to do it again. And mm-hmm. obviously that's like a plot point that they're like, at some point, Spock decides to just, you know, devote the, to himself to the Vulcan aspects of it. But that hasn't happened yet, so they're kind of like... I, so I can see the temptation of, like, we've got one chance, we've got one shot to do, you know, all of the horny teenage Spock stuff that we've ever wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, I mean, we talked about this last year. It's like they were kind of on the ragged edge of that stuff with me. But it's it's not all Spock sex horny stuff, but it's, it's uh-huh. pretty broad. Pretty broad Spock. Pretty broad, basic Spock humor that... Mm-hmm the well has started to run run a bit dry and the other thing i like about this that comes over from lower decks is just how many references there are to other star treks i mean oh yeah i can't count them on all of my digits there are so like many it, they, they have to have one every 10 seconds like uh-huh. and if they don't they'll just do something like oh wharf's honor like they'll just take okay it's like what is yeah, something they're making where... some stuff up too but Take a 21st century expression, remove the noun or the adverb or the verb and start uh-huh. Trekify, preferably all three. So it's yeah. still, but, but yeah, that's like seems to be, and it's, that's, I don't know. It's a little, little family guy. 
Maybe that's another reason why the yeah. lower decks. Is that a is that a Seth uh, what's my call it joint? McFarlane that... now. No. Okay. Because I'm oh my no, god. He's got the Orville. That's as close as they'll let him get to Star Trek. Uh he does have the Orville. Yeah. Had the Orville? I have no idea if that's still going. Same. Uh it, yeah, it's, sometimes it gets a little bit much for me. That Wharf's honor thing. Like what it, the scouts are are an organization. Worf unto himself is not an organization. I it, it was a little obs- weird. Maybe we can talk about it when we get but, there. But, but he is like I mean, I kind of think it works. I mean, the more you think about the funnier long, it sure. is because like Worf, like as you get to know him in the TNG and Deep Space Nine, seems like the only Klingon that's overly yeah. concerned with honor. That actually like it means something to him. Like right, he's the right. most Klingon Klingon, even though the other Klingons think he's a soft Federation boiled egg. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like I, I get like that's if you know anything about Worf, it's that he's all about honor. So it's like it kind, mm-hmm. it's kind of funny. But but it's, it's also very forced, especially like 10 seconds later, we're going to get another one. Yeah. I, and then I, another I'm, one. Yeah. Tons of them. Uh, but most of them are good. Most of them hit and I really liked it. Uh, but maybe we should start with the plot of the episode. Do it. Set phasers to add. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here are the highlights coming up this week on Bald Move. Our coverage of Hot D, Fire and Blood, and the 1980s Shogun miniseries continues. But then on Tuesday, for the first time in 35 years, we asked the question, Who framed Roger Rabbit? Hop aboard the train to Toontown as we revisit this incredible blending of live action and animation to see if it still holds up all this time later. Then on Wednesday, we get our first look at Blake Crouch's mind-bending sci-fi series, Dark Matter. The first two episodes drop simultaneously on Apple TV Plus, and we'll have a pair of podcasts, quantumly linked, ready for you to observe. You can find these and many other great podcasts by searching for Bald Move Pulp or Bald Move Prestige in your favorite podcast app. Captain on Bridge, welcome back to Baldy Go. All right, uh, this episode starts out animated and it's actually in the universe of the lower decks and the time period and everything. Uh, on the Cerritos, which is the ship they're on in that show, Boimler and Mariner discuss their mission to the Krolmuth B portal. It's a portal that Pryke's Enterprise discovered. Um, Boimler hopes it'll do something as they the away team heads down there to the planet to investigate it. And they take some readings as Boimler tries to educate everyone on the history of this portal. And then he's stands there to take a selfie inside the portal it activates and sucks him through where he's found by una spock and lon what can you so this is something that um i felt like interfered with my ability to get everything going on in the episode what is boimler and mariner's relationship are they doing like a will they won't they uh, or are they friends. just friends? No. Okay. Yeah, they're friends. Because I got towards the end of the episode this kind of feeling that like there's some um, 
mysterious feelings or unrequited feelings uh, uh, flowing from Mariner to Boimer, which I'm like, there's no fucking way. No, that- so she she's like her whole thing is she doesn't like to show that she cares about her friends, but she she's does too, care about and she's them. She's too cool for school in terms of feder- yeah. the Federation stuff, but she's secretly as geeked out about it as anybody. Exactly, yeah. And she wants um, her friends to be happy, and she knows what makes them happy, but she doesn't like to be seen doing things to make them happy directly. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Why is Ahura so famous? Is this a part that they they invented for the next... Uh, uh, the, the Strange New Worlds, or is um, Mariner obsessed with the Hura in the... Not not that I've ever picked up on. So they just, like, everyone's got their favorite of this era, and some people like, and, you know... Seems like, like it, yeah. Okay, Which, so it's, the... it, it's hard... I guess in some ways it's hard to imagine that Uhura would have many fans, because, like, is she... Is she well-known as a bridge member of the crew? Does Chekhov have fans? Like... I mean, I imagine you would know Kirk, Spock, and Kirk's, McCoy, right? But I, you, I, but, but like, if you're a Starfleet officer, I imagine the bridge crew of, of of Kirk's Enterprise is pretty famous. Yeah, is anybody's favorite character from Breaking Bad Spooge? Is anybody's Man, favorite character so here's, Badger? Here, like, so like, um, I don't know. I, I do know it's like. <laughs> I'm thinking of I don't I don't know why I'm thinking through this but like my sister had a bunch of friends that were all in the new kids on the block and there was all one right. new kid yeah. on the block Somebody that objectively it objectively looks like a monkey he had a monkey face okay all right um was it Donnie <laughs> was it wasn't it the Wahlberg it wasn't it wasn't Wahlberg it was it was no. it, but but somebody but some if you know if you have five friend groups and and you're all wanting to have a boyfriend and new kids on the block someone's got to take sure. the, the monkey face right yeah, and somebody like, likes Joey Fatone. Yeah. Yeah, so like there's some people that and that, that's also it's like um there's some of it it's just like you just you just pick the leftovers and some of it is people have different tastes and some of it is people there's like a hipster quality to it too. So like being really into the communications officer of Kirk's Enterprise like oh yo oh you're a Spock fanboy oh really is mm-hmm. he your favorite bridge officer How mainstream oh. of you yeah oh well who's yours and you flash out with like a check off or a hura it's like oh fuck that's a deep mm-hmm. cut maybe nurse christine chapel yeah i got to get a chapel fan <laughs> uh yeoman uh, yeah. rand He's how about a yo can go. we get can we get hollers for yeoman rand <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's my favorite. That's my favorite bridge officer. <laughs> Fucking Ohura pose, posers. Uh, there's some revisionist history going on here, too, with, with Boimler, but I guess he's making that history eventually, so he's, it's okay for him to revise it, since he's what's literally re- going to revise it. What's the revision history? Revision uh, with with history? the Orion scientists being the ones to discover this portal. And... No, I yeah, well, I mean that's they, like they a paradox, right? Kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it already happened because it had to have happened, kind of business. It, it must have, but then you then you questioned the point of this entire episode. Like, what are, what are the stakes? Right, there are zero stakes if it happened. No, therefore it has to happen. This is a funny episode. Um yeah. I, I, but I, I thought that was pretty funny, and like you know the kind of. Uh, I guess there's an Orion crewmate that has to put up with the stereotypes about her, mm-hmm. probably just her, you know, like I am not a slave girl. Thank you very much. And my parents were yeah. not pirates. They were scientists, actually. And they lean no, way I, into I, that, too. Every time she goes to her homeworld, like 
everybody's a fucking pirate. <laughs> like she she protests and she does not want to be known as the pirate, but then she goes home and everyone's a pirate. Everybody, yeah. Like they even have her title of like mistress of the winter cons. It sounds very piratical, I thought. Uh-huh. Um but yeah. also the idea that like her parents were like delighted to they would, you know, like the fact that uh probably the Orions aspire to be more than pirates. You like you got mm-hmm. you got a question why you got a question why the Federation has a piracy problem within its borders. Like mm. what what are what are people not able to get in terms of the base? So like obviously, you know, there's some social economic considerations at play. But I thought that stuff was pretty was pretty funny. I really like the lower decks esque dialogue, like all this rapid fire stuff about like, oh, the portal's trying to portal portal me, stop lurching toward it. And then as yeah. he goes through, he's like, Remember me <laughs> Which I Why does it hilarious. activate? Is it the selfie, the selfie energy? Yeah, it's it's whatever fo- photo photons is is hitting this thing mm. is causing it to activate. I don't know how heronium and photons interact, but that's doing it. Apparently. Uh, uh what what do you think of the animated intro? Shot for I- shot? I'm super curious about this. I, I think it's super cool. I'm I'm glad they did it. And it's almost hard to tell at the beginning if it's animation Dude. or if it's the other animation that we get, which is CG, right? 3D animation. There was like the first two or three sequences I was squinting like, is it? Did they? Kind of. But you're right. Uh-huh. It's, you know, it's, so, it's so detailed. It really is. And they do like it is shot for shot. Like I it wouldn't surprise mm-hmm. me if they wrote it like it wouldn't surprise me if they just imported the entire animation and then just rotoscoped yes. it with whatever their shit is. Yeah. Just, you know, put a different uh, rendering engine. It's just a texture. To, yeah. yeah it's essentially. It, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, it looks great. Yeah. that That's a good question because all of those assets for that thing are 3D anyway. And it's all owned by Paramount. All of the anime, yeah, and all of the animation is 3D in lower decks. It's just made to look like this 2D style. So, yeah, I, I, I actually know. thought that they might actually put in some kind of joke, like you know, like when the the Enterprise is like just plowing through the asteroid fields, just letting its shields casually, like maybe like there would be actual damage happening, or but no, it's just played entirely straight. And then at the end of that, we get to see this episode is directed by Jonathan Frakes, which I thought was interesting because I don't, I, I don't recall. Look, I don't watch a ton of animation, but I don't recall him ever directing uh, episodes of the animated cartoon. Although he hmm. he must have directed some of Lower Decks. He's in that show, so oh, I imagine, and he's done so much. Yeah. I mean, he's done so much direction, period. But especially among Star Trek, and he's also got one of the funniest jokes in the episode uh oh with the saddle stuff boimler is, yeah. is 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 uh, getting on the saddle he calls out Riker when he does swings the, his leg over the top <laughs> the only seat on a starship that i've ever seen you could actually pull a Riker and not look like you're just being so extra but that's the uh-huh. that's the amazing thing about the Riker is that Jonathan Frakes did that all fucking and no and and it was so smooth you didn't even notice until someone pointed mm-hmm. it out to a TikTok collection has, has he ever done it in the high-backed conference room chairs on TNG? Dude, no. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh like, it's insane the height he gets on some of those Rikers. <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking, can you tell? Because, nice. like, I sometimes I feel like we don't ever explain these inside jokes. And sometimes it's funny. Sometimes This isn't our inside joke. Do you, do you want to explain to people that might be unfamiliar I, what, what the Riker maneuver is? I mean, I guess I can't 
I can't imagine anyone being unfamiliar with this who's also listening to this podcast. But True. yeah, it's it's basically Riker has a unique style of sitting in a chair where it, it's like casual cool guy style where he comes up to a chair and instead of you know going around it and sitting in it the, the way normal people do, he swings his leg over the top and then just plops down from above. Yeah, apparently there's a couple things when the Jonathan Frakes uh, had a real life back issue that caused him pain when he was standing up and sitting down and like minimizing like Riker wincing in those transitions. And the fact that also Jonathan Frakes is hella tall and he can just kind of (laughs) vault these things. But like I I watched I've seen every episode of Star Trek The Next Generation at least 10 times. And I got to be a full ass adult until I remember I was I was on Twitter one day and someone's like, how come no one's pointed out? how next level Riker's sitting game was. It was just mm-hmm. a five minute compilation of him doing the Riker maneuver. And yeah, yeah. It's, it's tickled me. Now I can't not see it when you right, go back right. through the start. The Yeah. And he'll conference rooms, uh, ready uh, captain's ready room, uh, 10 forward lounge seats. He's vaulting mm-hmm. them all. <laughs> yeah. It's impressive. Uh, so the Enterprise is en route to deliver some grain to some colony, uh, but they also have to deal with this time-traveling Boimler issue. He's living his fantasy. He's thrilled to meet Pike and several others, but he clams up when Una approaches. She wonders what that means for her future. You don't want future that's... boy running in terror when you come up. Yeah, that's really funny because that's what everyone's going through. It's like, oh my God, how many of us are doomed to die in the future that uh, uh-huh. this guy... Um, is this? I'm guessing that they made up the fact that he has the Una Chin Riley pin up in his bunk for this episode, or is this a joke that's been established for a I long time? I wish it were. I don't recall ever seeing it, but I didn't know who Una Chin Riley was before season one of Strange New Worlds. So, oh, I if think it's in this... there, it might be in season three. Yeah. But I'm not and that's, I guess I, I was about to say that Star Trek didn't know, but that's not true. Una Chin Riley was a character. She was the original number one from the uh, original pilot of the old series. It's just a deep cut. Yeah, yeah. So, so but I, it's fine if they, you know, they, they better fucking have it in his bunk bed going forward. Mm-hmm. I, I will say that. Yeah. On the show that I don't watch. <laughs> announced season four of that. So, yeah, not like you're going to know, but uh, yeah, I'll, I guess I'll be looking I, for it. I like the, you know, the Pike uh, fight, you know, like the, the, their deltas are a communicator and they're like, why would you do the flipping the communicator opens the best part? And I'm like, you know what? Mm-hmm. We have lost something with smartphones. Like you, you can no longer angrily hang up on somebody. It's true. You know, like, yeah. like smash and shut the flip phone or smashing that thing on the receiver. That gave some satisfaction. Now it's like, you're, you look like even worse. You're like, God damn it. You got to actually look and see. Yeah. It's uh, we <laughs> yeah. went we went backwards, and I feel like Star Trek did too. They needed Lost a way the keyboard, to... but we gained screen. So I don't know. It's, it's, true. A, it's all a trade off. Holodex, right? that's holodex. Like, portability, convenience. I mean, come on, look how much they gained with the modern communicator. I did like the first thing that uh, Boimler said is computer and program. As soon as <laughs> that's like uh, a really nice reflex to have in the in the future, right? Uh, and they're obviously no holodecks this time, so they have no idea what he's talking about. It's bewildering uh, things this man's talking about. And they kind of nailed his bluish purplish hair, too. I thought that was pretty well done. See that over the course of the episode. 
Uh, then Lon goes over temporal pro protocols with Boimler. She warns him that small changes here could destroy his friends in the future. Um, she runs down like her three laws of of time travel. It's no interfering with past events, no sharing future knowledge, and don't make any attachments. That's a new one. That's all personal. Yeah, uh, that's the one. She's she's hard hard one and fought knowledge. This episode really brings into focus just how many people have had time travel experiences. Even in this crew alone. Yeah. I mean, Boimler's here time traveling. Mariner's going to time travel soon. Pike already knows his future because he's time traveled. Lon's time traveled. It's it's kind of crazy. Like at, at this point, I would feel left out if I were a Star Trek uh, Starfleet officer who hadn't had a time travel experience. Yeah, what is the lower's deck perspective on that? Because that's something that's always been debated in Star Trek fandom. Like, is Kirk's Enterprise unique amongst the Federation that they just get in the most shit because they're on the flagship and they're always at the furthest reach of the frontier? Or is literally every Federation ship like this, where you're always going into your you're meeting alternate versions of the self to pop through nebulas and you're you're encountering uh, super evolved incorporeal beings with godlike powers uh getting involved in neutral zones skirmishes with the romulans is is the lower deck i guess it's called the lower deck so it seems like the stakes are just always lower on that show well they're not that's the thing right it just focuses on the people who don't have command i guess and aren't okay as so directly people involved. on the bridge the are still red alert still, all the time yeah all the time yeah it's mixing shit up constantly with other okay. aliens and time travel and all that yeah i mean they have a temporal police department not because it's like a maytag repair situation <laughs> it's like they're just hopping up so yeah i guess it's a big part of the universe yeah yeah you don't develop that service or that that uh, branch of the military unless it's a real problem right exactly uh this is the scene with the Borf's honor thing i don't know didn't really do it for me um but you know they've got to they've got to personalize this for the 24th century i guess mhm they got to make sure michael dorn comes back for season 4 there you go uh, in the conference room, Boimler mounts a saddle with that patented Riker maneuver. Uh, Uhura tries to kick him out so she can work, and he fanboys out on her, but he's then called down to the portal. Uh, why is there a saddle in the conference room? Because uh, uh, Christopher Pike is a big horseman. They established that in this first season, right? Okay, then larger question. Why is there everywhere. a saddle on the Enterprise? <laughs> Because <laughs> this does he think this he's going to have an opportunity to go on shore leave? I guess. Can I ask you this? Why the fuck the junior officers just barge into Pike's quarters? Did he give Ohura permission to use this as her fucking personal library book study thing? Because like last season, they didn't have the the bar set, so anytime they wanted to have like the crew hanging out, it was like, well, Pike's in the cooking, so he's just cooking everybody a family meal. But why the hell is Ohura coming in and be like, oh, I was going to work on my translation bullshit out of pike's quarters because i think this is, I think this is explicitly his quarters no i think this is like his kitchen dining room living room area because otherwise i can't mm, figure out why the I fuck it's got so. saddles and shit why does it have cowboy statues and things in it yeah i i don't think it's his quarters because they they meet in this room but then they he does all of his cooking in a different room huh which is actually his quarters i think okay well but like yeah, i said i, I don't 
know why there would be a saddle anywhere on the Enterprise, frankly. Like, Captain's not going to get an opportunity to go on shore leave. Yeah, you can't make ever. the fucking Enterprise look like the Texas Roadhouse. Like, ah, oh, just throw some peanuts <laughs> on the floor. It's fine. Like, yeah, you, I'm sure yeah. there's a... You can you could probably have wide latitude about your ready room and your personal quarters. That's why I assume this was just his. Like mm-hmm. I fi- I think he must have like a three room suite, like his personal bedrooms and private quarters, and then his giant Impossibly, fucking kitchen gap. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I'm sure people will write to us to let us know. Star Trek at baldmove.com yeah. If uh, if people care that much about this being his quarters or the ready room or the <laughs> I don't know the Griffin the Gryffindor common room is what it feels like. People just go there to hang out. Seems like take it, yeah. polyjuice potion, have meetings when they need to. Uh, so we go down to the planet where Boimler fanboys out on Spock, which is interesting. It causes Spock to laugh uh, at at some of his absurdities, and praise dumb luck. Yeah, he praises dumb luck and. Spock doesn't the believe. The juxtaposition Luck of intelligence has... assigned to random chance just made him laugh out loud. Yep. Anthropomorphized luck. Uh, he also fanboys out on Mbinga and, and all their gear and stuff, and he explains how he came through the portal, which makes Spock laugh, like I said. Uh, I there's, there's an interesting thing in here, and I wonder if this is a reference to the original series or if this is something they're planning on doing in the future. But Boimler talks about this communicator. Uh, you know, he fanboys out on it. He's like, oh, this is old gear. They never made them better than this, even though they're lighter and faster and all that stuff. Yeah. And less likely to explode. Are they going to do something with this? I don't know, because Mbinga acknowledged that he's like, explode. Uh-huh. Like, I think it's just like, nah, this is a, this is a, a Lower Decks episode kind of thing. But I don't know, like... Is it a reference Shouldn't Star to the Trek original? surprisingly explodey? Like I never understood uh-huh. why consoles exploded into so many ensigns' faces. Right? You'd think they'd put like some fuses in the con panels the first few times. Because they're using freaking plasma in all their conduits, man. Instead of using light to transfer information, they're yeah, using like plasma. Dude, you're and shit. right. You've got fucking raw plasma uh-huh. running through your the power your light cars panel. Like what happened to copper? Like right. maybe what maybe do you, you expect need, to happen. I get it. You run. You got to run plasma from the warp core to the nacelle. You, sure, you need that much Fine. throughput. But the but the light up an LCD screen, right? I don't know, man. They need some last mile solutions for power <laughs> they delivery. Do. They do. <laughs> Too many ensigns have suffered third degree burns and been horribly disfigured because <laughs> you're piping plasma through the consoles. Yep. You're brushing uh, your teeth with a rechargeable battery. Guess what? It's pure plasma. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll see if that's an original series thing or if that's something they're going to do in the future or just a joke. I don't know. Uh, and then Pike calls down and says, well, there's an Orion ship approaching and we need to get you back. So they beam back to the ship. Boimler says, uh, Pike, there. I promise you these are peaceful uh, Orion pirates. They're not pirates at all. They're actually scientists. Um, so Pike decides to negotiate with him the Orion ship, having stolen the portal, decides to run. Who is this main Orion guy? He looked I didn't so think to familiar. Look up, but yes, I agree. Super familiar uh, looking. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I always thought the Orions are cool. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I like the ship design. I thought the ship design was actually really cool. Yeah, it's got like this radial engine pattern on the back with what looks to be, I don't know, 10 boosters. Yeah, because in the old series, it was just always depicted as like a flashing yellow dot. Like, you know, it's like it's like they didn't even have a model for it. It's just like a, it's oh, a wow. blip on the scope kind of thing. So they kind of like I could see this being, you know, what this looks like from a long ways away with no magnification. Like it, I thought that was kind of uh, mm-hmm. I thought that's that was that was pretty cool. Yeah, I wish uh, I don't know. This is very in character for Boimler, but man, he just cannot keep his mouth shut. First thing he says when he sees Ortegas is like, "Oh, Ortegas, so you're a war hero." Jesus, man, stop yeah. dropping future knowledge. Just but shut that's, your mouth. That's the thing. It's like you've got this animated character that you you don't take too seriously, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but on this show it seems like all all the comedy like fusing up with this relatively serious show just like because because yeah he's like he, they have to have a moment where christopher pike's like jesus christ i like this guy but oh my god he's a, a, a temporal terrorist um mm-hmm. but yeah he's uh he's an idiot on an animated show so what do you expect yeah and then they kind of do the they, they kind of do the lower decks thing where the orions turn out to oops actually be pirates you know, mm-hmm. they're pirating. They're stealing the portal. Um, So, yeah, he's kind of wrong uh, about they that. Could be, uh, hey, they could be scientists, and they're just the best way to study something is to grab it and take it with you. Sure. Just like the Nazis were art appreciators. It's true. <laughs> true. <laughs> yeah. Those are Ryan's. Uh, what, better way, what better way to study it than... Uh... Mm-hmm. Take it back to the motherland. Uh, I, man, I'm I'm surprised you haven't yet mentioned the monster man of it all. Uh, Jack Quaid, obviously the voice of Boimler in the animated series. Trying to be series. nicer. Trying to be nicer to the monster men out there. Okay, uh, there there is a scene earlier um where he's he it's when he wakes up after passing out after he just first goes through the portal and he's in sick bay there and he's laying on the bed and like. I, I don't know if it's a forced perspective thing. I don't know if Jack Quaid has size 48 feet, but he's got these big ass boots that are just right in the camera. I know they're kind of oversized and, and they're supposed to be because it's like the cartoon. Uh, yeah. But also I th- thought the design on the bottom is kind of cool. It's got one of those Delta symbols and like a, oh, cool. a pinstripe, like a starship. I like how he bent, like when he got up from the bed, he bent 90 degrees at the waist and he has arms straight out in front of him and he goes, with bolts sticking out of his neck. That's what I thought was interesting about that. Yeah. yeah. There, I got my dig in. Okay. <laughs> uh, you have to listen. Anyway. To, that's, a, that's a deep cut from our boy, the boys' coverage. You'd have to, you, yeah. you, I recommend listening to all three seasons of that. Uh, Pike and Una talk about Boimler's presence on the ship. They're both perplexed by his actions and words kind of in their own ways. Uh, Pike worrying about his big mouth and future knowledge and Una worrying about the nature of her own future given that he clams up when he's around her. Uh, I don't know if there's too much to say about that scene. We can, we yeah. can move over to one that is more fun. Um, Get in the port galley. Red alert. Here comes an ad break.
getting geared up for the 6th annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off Badass Season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints, except it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre. We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was. And those of you who didn't, <laughs> now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim, order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar, then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved a venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. Let's boldly go back to the episode. Welcome back to Baldly Go. Yeah, Ortega's in chapel, find Boimler in the bar and have some fun messing with him. And he tells them that he's jealous. They get to live in this golden age of exploration. And then accidentally drops the fact that it's Captain Pike's birthday on Friday and Chapel and Ortega decide to throw him a party. And then you, you get another it- weird smiling Spock. Do you think there's like like Boimler's generation is kind of like one of those uh you know the wrong generation types it's like ah born too late to explore the milky way too early to explore the universe kind of cuz that's what i got like in his era the milky way just feels like the world in our like it's just incredibly small there are no mm. aliens cuz like what is even an alien if you catalog and you know them all and you've got diplomatic relations with most of them uh, yeah, that's a funny concept that like in a scant few hundred years, mankind has gotten bored or is just explore. Yeah, just just explored every gotten around to everything. Yeah, I guess so. Which is weird given his day to day experience because he is constantly on crazy adventures. It's not okay, like that's what I'm saying. Like he's just sitting some, some around stuff, watching hollow programs or some shit. I was wondering how because I, I understood that this show had been going on for like three seasons. I'm talking about the uh, the lower decks and I was like God, it's like what do they do? But maybe I was like well maybe they just have madcap stupid office style misadventures where nothing ever gets done and that but like yeah. Sometimes but most of the time they're yeah time traveling and swapping bodies. I mean one of their crew members has been killed and resurrected by a lightning god or some shit. I mean That it, seems like a new life a new civilization. <laughs> a lightning yeah. god. Yeah there's eh. I, I don't know man. They're on adventures all the time. I don't know what he's on about. I guess everybody it's the grass is always greener right? 
Yeah, and he's like fetishized this particular uh, era of of space exploration. So well, probably Federation like, has done on its fair share of myth myth making too. Like you know, like you you got the legitimate things that Pike and Kirk are doing, and then you get the the retellings, and then the holovid adventure versions. And mm-hmm. it's it's like if you were intensely interested in like the gold rush era of American history. And but you lived in current modern day, right? Like, mm. and then you go back to that era, it would be crazy. You would love it. Yeah, everything feels so fresh, and there there's endless possibilities out there. And now we've kind of narrowed it all down to, well, there are dudes in Alaska with you know a hundred million dollars worth of machinery that can dig this shit out, and nobody else can. True, there are not as many got jobs for prospectors nowadays. No, <laughs> no, there are. Want to be an old coot? And pan for gold, uh, just not not that's not a booming economy. Nope, got to work for uh, the gold schlager company. <laughs> anyway, uh, Boimler sees Spock smiling at Chapel and tells her that he's afraid that it's his fault because of future stuff. Eventually, he realizes no, it's actually her fault and apologizes for implying that her and Spock's relationship isn't long lived. Uh. Yeah, at least that's what I'm getting out of this scene. Like, he makes her feel bad because in his future, Spock is the buttoned-up Vulcan, emotionally devoid guy that we know. Uh, But right now, he's experimenting with the thing because of her relationship with him. So, obviously, that doesn't last. Yeah, it's a weird... But I I guess, you know, they've really coded that Spock and and, uh, Chapel are younger. You know, they're they're in the junior officer. They're in early twenties, mid twenties, maybe. Um, they don't have a lot of relational experience, except for Spock, who's been betrothed since he was a child, right? Um, is that was is that when he got betrothed, or was it like? I couldn't tell you. Um, because like I said, I guarantee they went over this in the first season as much as they mm. went over that the relationship. But yeah, you know, like. It's a very immature thing for someone to think that, oh, my partner is experimenting with something, and then I found out in the future that they go away from that, I must not be. It's like, well, no. I mean, Spock could be fucking around with being a human just for his own sake, and he could independently decide that he's not, you know what, I actually like the, the I'm going to lean back into my father's side and, and still have, you know, relationship with you. Obviously, his dad loves a Terran woman. Uh and has a long-term mm-hmm. relationship with her. So it's like, I I thought it was weird and and kind of on point because that's the thing I've gotten from Chapel the last few episodes is like relationally, she's extremely immature. Um, yeah. And, yeah. and, and I don't, I don't know whether this is like intentional or I'm, I'm just getting out of it, but like also kind of like, you know, hot and cold. Like when, when Spock's aloof, she's hot for him. And when he's like wanting to define the relationships, you're like, Whoa, boy. I, so Yeah. But uh, but also we also know if I you know if I'm, I'm stopped being bullshitting us uh, we also know that yeah her and uh, her and him and Chapel don't have a future together mm-hmm. so that's something I wonder if the the show's going to use this as a way to break them up like Chapel saying future like you knowledge. know yeah yeah like uh, like I just I I don't think this is right for us and um I yeah I don't I don't know because that's the thing it's like I I that's one of the things I've hesitated getting into Spock's love life is because we know all the answers and some of this is just mm-hmm. 
yeah, like what are we what what are we doing? Got and a I whole like, episode. Uh, Spock's like logical approach to it later in the episode where he's trying to say, you know, basically you can't change future events um, with me, but I don't think that's necessarily true with someone who I guess is more, more influenceable. Um, like maybe a chapel. I don't know. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of surmising going on that I don't know is fair, but it's also, you know, if you're a younger person also, I guess, yeah, if the only thing I knew about, like, I have a radical personality change and, uh, it's brought on by my current girlfriend and in the future I go back as I, I guess that that's a, not an unfair surmisal. Yeah, it's definitely possible that that's the cause. Um, but yeah, she just takes it as fact. Some deep lore cuts. They, they reference Spock's pet, Achaya. <laughs> Okay, yeah, this uh, sea lot or whatever it's called. Yeah, which is briefly referenced in the old series and then becomes a bigger part in the animated series. And then, you know, almost every novel involving Spock's young Spock, which there's more than you'd think, uh, have to fucking have his pet. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. Hilarious in the episode because I kept thinking they were saying Spock's slot. (laughs) I was very confused. (laughs) He named it Aichaya. Uh, <laughs> it's those Vulcan slot. Uh, look, I don't know how they get down on Vulcan. I don't know what yeah, equipment all, Spock has. It's all opposite of Earth, man. They got the slots mm-hmm. instead of the tabs. Sure. Uh, so Spock can't track the Orions, but apparently Boimler can. The crew just can't watch him make the mods to the ship because uh, of future stuff. And he does it, and they track down the Orions, and Boimler tells Pike that they can't harm the Orions because his friend's great-grandmother's on the ship. Pike negotiates a trade of the grain they're carrying for the portal. Uh, How influenceable is Pike with flattery? Because I got the impression it was the really great hair comment that made him stand up and listen there. Sit up and listen. I was kind of thinking, especially my second watch, I was trying to like gauge that because again, I'm kind of grading everything on a curve because this is a comedy episode. But the way, the way he says, uh, "See if I really am this." Uh, if this is one of my greatest strengths is that um, he understands that uh, he he understands that uh, Boim Boimler 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 is laying it on thick, mm-hmm. but also, you know. He's this is an impassioned thing that he's very, you know, clearly about his crewmate that he cares deeply about. And I think that's what carries the day. And he decides to try just because mm-hmm. this guy's so earnest about it. Yeah. And Boimler always does this, right? He, he goes one step too far, sticks his foot in his mouth, you know, yeah, makes himself like look like his, a fool. It seems like it's his his whole deal. Oh, yeah. Um, But I mean, like I said, <laughs> you can't take any of this because like him whole like his whole like uh well, I know how to track Orions, and uh, I can I can reconfigure the ship just so you can't watch. Like, I mean, I'm pretty sure Pelia could figure it out just by looking at, at what, you know, he did the whole reverse engineering, but that you don't have to worry about that because it's a comedy episode. Yep. And it's like maybe Star we Trek just 4 is a see... comedy Star Trek movie, so you don't worry about Scotty fucking up the timeline by giving transparent uh, aluminum but... to some loser in San Francisco. It's just, you just got to roll with it, man. Got to roll with it, baby. Yeah. Uh, my headcanon is that he goes back and and undoes his modification here after this scene. 
You trust him to do it right, correctly? Sure. I mean, he tracked the I mean, Orions. He can do it, apparently. The man is, is swimming in cables. Filled That's with plasma. Other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he trips over any one of those black cables. It's all over for the bridge crew. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh... Anyway, Spock calculates that the portal has enough heronium for a single trip. And his boyman is about to go back through. Suddenly, Mariner flies through to save him, depleting the heronium and stranding them both there. Uh, and boy, here's where the episode really kicks into high gear. If you thought, if you're not familiar with Lower Decks and you thought Boimler was a lot, Mariner is just as much in a different way. Yeah, it's funny because like I think it's a smart choice to have uh, have a start with Boim Boim is a Boil is Boimler Boimler right Yep Boimler it's because it, like he is comparatively buttoned down compared to her which I thought it oh, was, their yeah. relationship was the opposite that she was kind of straight man to his kind of zany weirdo but nah she really takes it up a notch and I like some of the stuff like her. Yeah. Just like being catty, like just like looking at the, the she's not looking at them like revered. She's just looking at them mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm not I'm not sure about these rank insignias on the sleeves. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, they got those old thingies, those communicators. Yeah. 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 Where's the pips? Oh, I don't like these stripes. I don't like these comms. Mm-hmm. And she just instantly where's Uhura? You know, she yep. hasn't got any kind of like, well, she does have worship, <laughs> but it's not the weird, nervous, awkward stuff that Boimler's got. It's more of the brash. Uh, assuming kind that she has. Yeah, she very much likes to get into shit. Um, yeah. She's a rules breaker where he's a rules right. follower and tries to stay out of trouble 99% of the time. Uh, and he's usually drag kicking and screaming into adventures by her. So, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun when she shows up and it'll continue to be through the rest of the episode. Um, so without Heronium, they can't activate the portal. They talk about what to do about that. Mariner suggests they synthesize some, but it could blow up in their faces, literally. Boimler goes with Spock to do that. In his backup plan, Mariner goes with Uhura to decipher the ancient text on the portal. I gotta say that they... It it never quite got old them smash-cutting to Spock with an off-putting smile on his face. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know how many times it could go back to this well in a 45 minute episode, but like they didn't, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't pump the well dry because it's, uh, yeah, at least three. Yeah. And Ethan Peck is just, I don't know. He's really, and it seems like he enjoys, maybe that's the reason they lean into this part is that he likes kind of test driving the zany Spock. It gives him yeah, something I better bet. to do than just to sit there and cock an eyebrow once an episode. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, yeah, like just how, <laughs> like it's like he's like had Smilex gas. It's just shy mm-hmm. of that kind of uncanny uh, valley of smiles, right? <laughs> like yeah, yeah. You can tell this is a man who does not smile much trying it on. Yeah, I, I got I got to the point in the uh, Children of Ruin book where people are wearing wide offset smiles, and I like literally read that passage right before I saw the Star Trek this episode. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's what. That's 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 the face of a Spock being uh, piloted by something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that so Mariner look, that is all about him too. Like yeah. Thinks how super hot, hot he is. Mm-hmm. Young young hot Spock. It's been said. Uh, there is there's a reference I want to point out here. Where they're talking about the time travel stuff and how they could be. I, I forget the context of this reference, but she says they could be stuck in a dystopian San Francisco in the middle of a riot. And I only recognize this because I'm doing a That's DS9 That's a Deep Space Nine episode, yeah. Yeah. 
where Cisco and Bashir and Dax all get stuck in San Francisco mm-hmm. during uh, a real bad time in history, a pivotal time in history. Um, so it's a it's also a time travel episode, and it's and the second half of that is directed by Jonathan Frakes. The second half. Yeah, it's a two-parter. Yeah. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Okay, that makes that actually makes sense. Interesting. Yeah, it's an episode called Past Tense. I, I don't. That's the whole deal. They, they accidentally save a civil rights leader who's supposed to be assassinated, right? It's like no, they accidentally... no, he dies, and then Cisco has he wasn't supposed to be killed then, but I think he's dead, and gotcha. so he has to die later. So Cisco pretends to be him, and then fakes his own death to make it all work out in the end. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, as yeah. soon as you said what I'm like, oh, all right, I that I remember that one. That was one of the uh, Emmy bait episodes, I think. It was. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess it was widely two parter. That's where they're swinging for. That's either sweeps or a finale or yeah, yeah. They're swinging for the ratings, ratings fences. Yep. Um. So after the meeting, Boimler and Mariner are talking. He stresses that he wants to get back to the future. Una joins the conversation, so Boimler runs off. And Mariner tells Una that ah, he's just a huge fan. He has a poster of you on his in his bunk, which kind of icks her out. And she's like, like a pin. The, with the joke here, there, Mariner uh, doesn't understand the context of a pinup, or is she yeah, trying to which, play? Which that that kind of tracks that they're far enough in the future where like casual sexist behavior just doesn't exist. Although that doesn't track with the overall humor that I've seen the show <laughs> use yeah and look I, I think there's there's a way to do sexy pictures of the human form and not have it be gross and I'd like to think that a future utopia would include some of that but if you got but there's there's the connotation of something pinned up in one's bunk sure yeah that like there you... might yeah you got erotica and it's not necessarily you know purient in its interests but like if you got that shit pinned up above your bed it probably is you know but well, i like yeah. I, I like I she's mean, like you mean a pin up she's like well it is pinned up in his bunk so i get yeah but like i, I just thought that was interesting but maybe she's playing dumb just for because she realized she'd stepped in it uh i also find it hilarious that this is rebecca romaine we're talking about who has been a model at various oh, times in the past and like many, many pun- pinup posters of her. Yeah. 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 Ba- yeah. And Which they're uh, leaning into that. They're well aware. They certainly are. And I also liked how Una just like shows up. Like she's like looming behind Bo- Boimler when he turns around and like gives him a jump scare. I thought uh-huh. that was pretty funny too. <laughs> uh, I, I want to know the scene starts off with the camera pointed at the floor and tracks like the feet of somebody of an officer walking by. I don't know what kind of like general grievous delta delta symbol shoes they're wearing, but they're wild. I don't know if this is like future athletic wear or if this is standard issued stuff, but these boots are crazy. It goes with the regulation headgear that uh, you got to wear <laughs> yeah. sometimes. Maybe part of that set. I don't know. Those are like super cool shoes. I bet. Uh, I why doesn't Star Trek do more clothing line stuff? More like official merch with like uniforms. I know they've had some in the past, but I bet a lot of people would pay a lot of money for a really good Star Trek uniform, boots included. 
I think what they need to do is lean into like the the outerwear sports kind of like Gore-Tex. Their stuff, jackets are fucking cool. Some of the that's like, what I'm first saying. contact has some really great jackets. That's what I'm saying. I would have I would have I would have spent a, a good amount of money to look like a giant dork back in the day. Mm-hmm. I probably still would. So I I'm with you. Some of the Star Trek stuff uh it would be good merch. It'd be cool to have like a uniform hoodie. Wouldn't that be cool? Like a gold command sure. hoodie that has like captain stripes on it and the Delta and I bet that stuff exists. I just don't seek it out. Yeah. Is it official merchandise or is it is it just uh, some Etsy bullshit? That's the big right. question. That's the problem. Paramount, get on it. Mm-hmm. All right. Mariner fangirls out on Uhura who feels like becoming a legend is a lot of pressure. But uh, Mariner decides, well, you know what? You need to take a break and here's the regulation that says so. Uh, there's kind of a weird line here. I'm not sure... There's a chicken and an egg sort of thing happening where Uhura is feeling all this pressure and she expresses it as like, how am I supposed to have fun when I know I'm supposed to, who who I'm supposed to become? This like hardworking, uh, very well-known officer. I. That's not the story they've been telling. The story they've been telling is she is that person. Mm-hmm. And that's why people will know her in the future. But here she seems to be like stressing out over trying to become that person. Like she's got an end goal in mind for who she will be. I but think that's never felt like Uhura. No, me. I think maybe that's um, cause I didn't get that impression. I got it. It's like, cause her has always been kind of a driven person kind of like, and, and to the sit that like maybe Starfleet's not good enough for her. Like I've got like all these talents and abilities and I want to, but like, um, I think she's just playing on what Mariner is telling her. Like she doesn't want to take a break because she is a driven studious person. Mariner is trying to get her to goof off. And like Mariner's also told her about all these things about her becoming a great figure. And she's like, well, if I'm supposed to become that, then there's no, I can't, you know, you're saying like, you're going to become this great thing. Don't worry. I'm saying, well, now I got to become this great thing. I need to worry double. Hmm. But yeah. I also like Mariner. This must be part of her character that she's master of Starfleet codes that let you slack. She's able to rat- rattle off every Starfleet regulation that like you get smoking breaks and Romulan ale breaks and you know like there's there's mm-hmm. you, you know you know how many you know how many Starfleet holidays there must be with all the different you know planets that they've got and everyone's Independence Day and First Contact right. Day and. Yeah, first, first Orion Space Captain Day. I mean, they, there must be, if you know all the ins and outs, you probably could keep your HR department or whatever just just spun up. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, just take the whole year off and couldn't do anything about it. Because there's something yeah, I've she... heard tell of people in the military that do that. They are the master of the regulations and like they can out-regulation. It's, it's a dangerous game to play, but if sure. you can play it well, it seems like it gives you a lot of power and prestige. It's the thing about her. She claims to be, you know, this free spirit and everything who doesn't give a shit about what people think of her or, mm-hmm. you know, the the studious nature that most uh, Starfleet officers have. But then she's able to quote regulations flawlessly. And she's clearly like studied everything about Star uh, Starfleet. She is super interested in history, even if she won't let on. You know, she's she a huge pedigree out. too. I, then, then they established that in the first few episodes is like she's secretly. Her, yeah, her mom is the captain of the Cerritos. Or, mm. 
I can't remember if that's still true at the end of season three, but yeah, she she's definitely like got a pedigree. Is her dad someone like legit Star Trek famous? Like not Jordy LaForge, but Oh, I don't I don't remember Maybe who I'm, her dad is. Yeah, this is stuff I, I'm barely remembering from three or four years ago, so never mm. mind. Yeah, um, but this is very much in her character. Yeah. Uh, so Mariner makes Uhura and Ortega's drinks at the bar, uh, the weak kind. We'll get to the strong kind later. Uh, Uhura but they are caught. Orion drinks, right? She's 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 got Orion hurricanes. Friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, apparently Tindy makes these. M- must make these. That has to be where she got them. Uh, She'd know how. Mistress or- of the winter <laughs> constellations. <laughs> Uh huh. Mistress of the uh, Mardi Gras cocktail. I don't know. <laughs> That's what I associate hurricanes with. Uh, Ur gets caught still trying to work under the table. And Ortega sees her work and recognizes it from a run in with Nosigans that she had. Um, and then her rea- realizes the symbols on the portal are ancient Nosican dialect. See, this is starting to remind me of why I also got a little over lower decks is because some of this stuff feels like memory alpha Mad Libs. Mm-hmm. You're talking about like, the Dom oh, I stuff. saw this on a Dom Jot and just played him in that, and then you got to have the helpful like, oh, it's a, it's a game that Noskins are terrible at that love to bet on, which is all just a service of joke at like, ha ha, we know who stabbed Picard in the heart when he got drunk and mm-hmm. mouthy at a bar when he was loose. Right? It's it's a little bit. Just like I, I, I know you know Star Trek because you've just hit me with fifteen deep cut references in the, in before the last commercial break. We can mm-hmm. chill. We can chill on this, you know. Yeah, that's a little fair. too tryhardy, isn't it? Because uh, like, why the fuck would the Nosikans invented a time portal and left it here? Like mm-hmm. it's, it's like the other thing is like it's 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 one thing if like the deep cut was well integrated into the material. It never is. It's just literally Star Trek noun verb adverb uh, in in a, in a Mad Lib style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it can be a bit much for sure. But um, I was like, ha, yeah, because fucking Nasikin stabbed his shit at Picard. Yeah. No Gramba. He's got no Gramba. Surprised that no one referenced Gramba in, within 30 seconds of that joke. <laughs> right. Uh, that's the thing. Domjot was a popular game, and it kind of was like really more front and center in DS9 than TNG ever was. But like, I don't think they ever show it in DS9. And when like, they said it's, it's a billiard style quirks. game, I'm like, oh shit! I always thought it was like some kind of crap style game. Me too. But apparently, that's Tongo. Tongo's the one with the wheel and the you know pass confront that stuff. But, right. but then there's another game that they're playing, I think, in Quarks. But I've never seen a Domjot table in Quarks. I don't know if it's Rack in Hollow Suites. Uh, that yeah, that's the, other the game? coffee. No, fuck. <laughs> right. coffee. The Rack the Geno girls are serving. We we actually talked about this offline like two weeks ago. They're the uh-huh. they're, the the Rack the Geno girls serve the drink around the Domjot tables. Sure. Yeah. Okay. They could do that if anybody's buying coffee at Quarks. Mostly it's root beer. Uh. Much to Quark's chagrin, but yeah, I I get you. It's a lot. Sometimes it's a bit much, even for me. Um, I'm looking on Memory Alpha. Um, I guess they do show the episode where Kirk gets stabbed. They do show a do- they do show a table. Picard. Yeah, they do. I remember oh that. yes, Picard. Yeah, it's wild. It's like bumper pool with like pinball elements and mm-hmm. like it's like mini golf of pool. 
is what it looks like. So it would be an amazing gaming table. If you built it one did. of these that had the cover that could go on it that you could then... Hell yeah. yeah. Like those yeah, conversion... Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, bumper pool tables are like this too, where they yes. got the covers you can use the regular table. That's true. They What are they called? That's billiards, right? Uh, Yeah, it's a billiard style game. There's a game that the ones that have like the holes in the middle of the table and they have all the bumpers. I forget what they call it. It's I like, always call it like, bumper pool, but... Bumper pool, but there's like a, the I think the, Eng, the, the, the English call that a particular thing. Hmm, gotcha. Anyway, um... Spock tells Boimler that he knows he must have said something to Chapel that upset her, but that it won't affect the future because he's way too logical for that. Uh, they activate the synthesizer and it explodes. Pretty funny. I, I mean, I like his reasoning here. It's, it is very logical, right? I have no choice but to stay true to the path I've chosen in this time. If you sway me, then my future will have been altered. Is that not logical? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, keep doing what you're doing because obviously it eventually works out, right? Yeah, and I think there's a little homage to like whenever Spock would do science, he'd wear these like funky wel- welding goggles on Star Trek. And I think that they're kind of like going with a slightly more designed up version of that, you know, seeing him nice. wear, you know, he's got the aprons and the gloves and he's doing doing a science experiment. Um, mm-hmm. And the idea of like when it starts sparking, he's like, is that normal? No, it is not. I should. And Spock's already like wheeling himself to cover. Seat but, cover, yeah. <laughs> but he's not like running. So like Boimler's kind of like catching up literally. Uh-huh. Yeah, good um, stuff. And then feeling, do you feel lucky? So not just emotion, but he's curious about chance as well. Yeah. He's got the human gambling bug. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Dumb luck. It's dumb luck that this doesn't kill them both. Uh, and then Boimler goes to engineering to wallow because their plan has failed. Pelly is there and tells him to pretend to be the person he wants to be. Which kind of spurs him on here. Fake it till you make it. Yep. It's, uh, it's a surprisingly useful piece of information to be given in one's life. If you want to be someone different than you are, just pretend to be that person. And it's amazing how far that can get you. And eventually you become known as that person and you start to feel comfortable in that personality. And that's now who you are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it's, a lot of of mental tricks you can play on yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Boimler plays a trick on himself. He thinks he's going to be a hero and he sneaks into a shuttle to steal it. Mariner surprises him by being there. Uh, Boimler says he's planning to steal back the grain from the Orions to give it to the people who need it. And they immediately get caught by Lon, right? As Mariner's bragging about how she's so much better at this than him and she never gets caught. Boom, there's Lon. It's wild because, like, it is wild that Pike is willing to barter away this relief mission cargo just to get one guy back. He thinks it's a matter of the future, right? Like, does he think he's yeah. saving the future here? Preserving but also it? don't know what that means. Like, could the Enterprises replicate its hold full back full of grain? I know there's some things that you can't. Like, you know, they always have sure. uh, a lot of times when they're doing a colony relief mission in the Next Generation era, Picard will throw that in. It's like, oh, this is a rare compound of blah, blah, blah that cannot be transported or replicated. Just to let you know. All right, this is a MacGuffin that you can't 
sci-fi your way out of is artifact is like fucking gold pressed mm-hmm. latinum you can't you can't you can't fuck with it and yet in the um, same episode they'll transport something right they'll right, transport yeah. some of that <laughs> which oh yeah. really you can't replicate it but you can reconstruct it after you scan it into your computers true yeah sometimes somewhere they, else yeah, okay they, sure, they should because they, they're essentially the same fucking technology yeah, so they, exactly that, that would is and, and they, they do do that the only but, uh, the, i mean the look the replicator is a transporter with one fewer steps they just don't send it anywhere else, right? Still all converted uh, into data and converted back to matter. Yeah, yeah, and you got a pattern that you are assembling uh-huh. matter from energy. Yeah, 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 yeah. They just don't you beam just that have... data anywhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, but I, I, I don't know. I, I The idea that... Uh, I, did, I did wonder, where the fuck are all these shuttlecraft going? There's like two shuttles that leave the Enterprise during this little vignette. Like, where the fuck are these shuttles going? just got to get off the ship i just I can't. Are, 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 isn't the enterprise are, but maybe that checks out because like uh, all the time the shuttlecrafts are running like missions to like you know the enterprise is going here and we're gonna go uh, so like maybe it's yeah like as the enterprise is making its way through the warp uh shuttlecrafts just like oh i got a mission i got to run here and i'll meet you up at start i don't know maybe that's what they do maybe it's spock experimenting with human shuttle theft <laughs> These humans Grand always stealing shuttle. and lying. I'm going to take some. Yeah, I'm going to try yeah, that. Yeah, he's wanting to do some uh, role-playing on the Star Trek's <laughs> hollow, hollow Twitch. It's, it's him and Chapel looking for a little privacy. Take a little <laughs> lover's cruise. I don't Hot know, man. Rock the Gino. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, God. Did there, boy, if you didn't like the Fast and Furious references in the previous scene, you're not going to like this scene much because... There are two within a span here of one sentence. Uh, one, there's shouts, holy Q. Yep. Because she like, is very QE. She's they... very QE in, in lounging in that shuttlecraft seat. Yeah. Yeah. Feet kicked up on the dash. Oh, but Master he's not saying. Universe. Was he saying holy Q? Like he's saying it's holy a... shit. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's okay. So like that's like Q is essentially the God in there. So there that's essentially. Uh-huh. Yeah. Interesting. Like, Okay. I thought she was oh literally, God, he was like suspecting this is a cue because of the way she's lounging. And then she shouts out, she she says, oh, they don't, quiet, they don't know about Q yet. They had kind of their own thing going with this Trelane guy. I don't know who that is. Squire of Gothos, baby. <laughs> Apparently you do. Yeah. So there's uh there's actually a TNG slash uh, the old series novel where they try to square the circle that the Squire of Gothos was an immature member of the Q continuum that Q later like adopts and raises as kind of like a, a pseudo son. Uh, this is all non-canon because it's all as far as I know, all, every Star Trek novel ever created with the possible exceptions of the movie novelizations are considered non-canon by Paramount mm-hmm. and everybody. But, but yeah, no, he's uh, another one of those. Uh, he had a whole plan under sway, fabulous mental powers could compel people to do engaged in fantasies. Um, he lived in a cat, like a medieval style uh, castle and st- styled mm-hmm. himself as some kind of, uh, you know, noble, um, but 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 yeah, just fucking with Kirk and 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 his crew. Yeah, I did see that he was in a TOS episode, but I don't know much more than that. So yeah, uh, and we find out this translation. You, her backup plan of figuring out what the portal says is a complete bust. It just says it's a time portal. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, fair so enough. Maybe the maybe the Nausikans like uh, carved that in just like when that after their own misadventures, they're just like you know, yeah. like, at least label it, tell people what it is before uh-huh. they go in there and take selfies. <laughs> For sure. So the prisoners, boy, because Mark. otherwise Nausikans uh-huh. are just canonically time lords. Apparently, yeah. Why aren't they ruling? Yeah, too too hot and this is just a, this is just a, uh, a, a, a fucking stripped down TARDIS what they found mm-hmm. on this planet uh, so the prisoners Boimler and Mariner are taken to Pike's quarters he says they're going to be confined to their quarters and choose him out for breaking the rules and for causing the crew to throw him a surprise birthday party um, it's kind of an exchange here which I like I mean Boimler implies that he might not have any birthdays left and Pike's like yeah I know which surprises them. Yeah, Boimler, Jesus Christ, dude. I, right? <laughs> like, you'd not being subtle about it. Uh-uh. Um, and then the part that I like here is Pike tells him about how this will be the first year where he's older than his father was when he died. And he kind of wants to just be alone and have a conversation with him that he felt like they never had. And then Boimler says, well, think about this from your crew's perspective, right? If you know that you have limited time, Give give the crew that one day that you were never able to have with your father. And, and then Pike tries to sympathize with them by mentioning how much he'd like to be on Archer's Enterprise, which gives Boiler an idea to get them home. Yeah, they'll make them like they used to. Not nearly as much heronium, apparently. Nope. Uh, there's a kind of throwaway thing, a joke here, where Mariner says that Boiler dressed up like Pike for Halloween. Uh pre horrible face scarring or post you think <laughs> ooh that's funny cuz for uh-huh. halloween it kind of like implies that the post hideous facial scarring yeah ooh that's fun that's act yeah that's she a good one she left that bit out <laughs> that's a good one cuz yeah maybe you just dressed up as this hero people do that too but sure, it's halloween sure. yeah i can see it um so the idea that Boimler came up with, apparently each Enterprise has a piece of the previous Enterprise built into it. And the original Enterprise, the NX-01 class, had Heronium alloy in its hull. And they can use that to activate the portal. Uh, I, I'm super curious about this. So is this like an old seafaring like naval tradition or something where... Because... Hmm feels like it's easy to lose a line of ships to lose a named line of ships if you do this because i imagine a lot of ships when they get into battles well you get your ass irrecoverable yeah, yeah like that your ship goes straight I, I i'm not aware of this being an earth tradition it wouldn't surprise me because there's some things like there's a particular whoever is the head submarine captain in the pacific fleet has a particular chessboard that has gone to the flagship of the pacific submarine fleet since the days of world war ii because of some famous submarine commander and so like when when that when that transfers from officer to officer there's a big to do and they officially sign over the chessboard so like there's and Hmm. and you know you want to talk about naval traditions like there's probably there's there's ship traditions there's you know like unit traditions there's traditions that literally go back hundreds and hundreds of years like crossing the meridian and uh, crossing hmm. international dateline and shit that they've gotten up to for literally hundreds of years so who knows 400 years into the future but like i could see it and it's like yeah like i don't know if it's like well if 
the Enterprise got blown up or if the Enterprise crash landed on, say, I don't know, the Genesis planet. Or went into a black hole or the heart of a sun or yeah, something. Yeah, so it's like one of those things that's like it's nice to have. Like, hey, yeah, if the old Enterprise is around, grab a, 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 a girder out of it and slap it into the floor. But clearly mm-hmm. it can't because we've seen, yeah, it's like unless they just retire. We've seen the Enterprise be completely destroyed and rebuilt. So, yeah. So they must not take it that seriously. I'm just like, yeah, yeah nice to have. It's, it's it's nice to have. If you got it, it'd consider bad luck if you didn't, but mm-hmm. um but uh yeah, I like how in when Spock is synthesizing this material in the background when it's finished, it makes a ding just like a 1960s microwave <laughs> or like a toaster oven. <laughs> it's really funny. Nice. Uh-huh. Um so they go to engineering and dig a piece of the NX-01 out of the floor while geeking out over the crew. While, while the crew of this Enterprise geeks out over the crew of that Enterprise. Which is nice. It shows that, like, uh-huh. and of course you would. Like, I think this is generational. Um, yeah. It's a nostalgia thing, right? It's just... Yeah. Like, oh, I, I... You know, it's a time that I don't have access to. It, it's very much romanticized. Uh, it'd be cool yeah. to be there. I'm sure really hardcore naval guys would be geeked out to like walk on a Vietnam era destroyer aircraft carrier, and those guys probably would have been super geeked out to walk on a World War II uh, destroyer. You know, it's like it, it probably you're a little fascinated mm-hmm. with the heroes from the previous age, and it's probably never going to stop. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I am curious about this piece. It looks like it's just maybe a, a like a CO2 kind of canister thing and they say that the tradition is the first piece of the new build is a piece of the old ship it, so, I, so I'm picturing a star dock a shipyard with <laughs> with a, with a whole bay ready to go and the only thing that's hanging there in space is this canister shouldn't it be yeah. a girder sh- like you Dude. gotta build a framework for a ship you can't just have a canister floating in space Star Trek at baldmove.com because I'm convinced this has to be a very recognizable prop from the from old Enterprise. Enterprise because yeah. otherwise, why? Because it kind of looks weird and chintzy and not at all like a Starship component. It does look like something yeah. you'd, it looks like something you'd see like bungee cord to a 10 speed or road bikes frame for an emergency tire inflator. Uh huh. Yeah, or um, something you'd plug into your paintball gun for backup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the, 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 yeah, the recharge it. Um, it it yeah. does not, because I, I was thinking the same thing. It's going to be some kind of girder that they have to, like, melt down. But Which makes sense. Like, obviously, when you start building a ship, you build the frame first before you hang anything in it. But I just yeah, have this stupid image of this yeah. canister floating in space and being like, one day, boys, that'll be the new Enterprise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is the seed from which Come a mighty on. starship will grow. Uh-huh. <laughs> And then where do you build from there? You build the little delicate holder underneath it, and then you build what? <laughs> yeah. The floor of engineering first? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you got to build that. Then the girder that it's strapped to, and then uh-huh. uh, yeah. the green grass grows all around, all around. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Shields up. Here come the ads. At ease, Ensigns. Welcome back to Bald to Go. I don't know any of the characters from Enterprise. I literally couldn't tell you who Hoshi Sato or Travis Mayweather are. 
Unless yeah, she said they did. Spot, Sp- Scott Bakula, I wouldn't have known who it was. Yeah, Archer or Plox. And the only reason I know Plox <laughs> is because I looked right. up his species on for this for this show, like the second episode of this show. So, is yeah, t- big is it to big holes? Is the disco, disco, uh, Enterprise, and Voyager seasons three through whenever that thing finished are my giant Star Trek holes. Yeah, same here. Uh, plus the original series for me that's not a big hole to plug that's no, a t- that's a pretty seasons. easy hole to plug i guess is enterprise, yeah, is enterprise like run for a ton of something seasons? episodes uh i don't remember how long enterprise ran right because it's 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 small it's only three seasons but they were the old 24 episodes well no seasons. i was talking about the original series i don't, I don't yeah, know how yeah, long yeah, yeah. enterprise is it could be five seasons for all i know anyway having extracted the heronium they prepare to go back to the portal. Mariner tells Una how big a fan Boimler is and why, because she's a literal poster girl for Starfleet uh, in a recruiting capacity. And she's pleased to learn that. And then on the way out, Spock gives Boimler the Vulcan salute. Which really I just looked up. up. The Enterprise has 98 episodes over four seasons. Yikes. Uh, uh, yeah, all that stuff happened. So, <laughs> all right. Una Chin Riley, poster girl slash woman for recruiting in Starfleet. So is that why Wesley joined? I'm like I, I'm going back through all the people I've seen join Starfleet Academy, and I'm thinking like, okay, who of them had a poster up in their bunk? Right? Like, obviously not Nog. Nog joined for his own reasons because I don't know he. Thought his yeah, father why sucked. Would, and... Why would someone from 150 years ago be on the recruiting poster? It's a good question. I don't know. Um, why not someone more modern? Yeah. Because again, it's you. like it'd be one thing if like like if they had like Kirk or Janeway or Cisco, like a famous commanding officer of a very famous ship, but the. The second most, the 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 first officer under the second most captain, the second most famous captain of this particular ship, being a recruiting poster, hundred forty years in the future. I don't know. It started making yeah. me feel like it a little, a little less innocent, a little less innocent. Like maybe he, it is hanging because she's like the hottest first officer in Starfleet ever, <laughs> right? Which obviously some crew members think that uh, over on the Cerritos. But I don't know. It's I guess it's like using what uh, Alexander Graham Bell for a recruiting poster for AT and T or something, right? Like, yeah. Is that is or that what you want, or would Grant you want like a re- recruiting poster for the U.S. Army? You know? Sure, sure. Hmm. I don't know if that would resonate, but maybe it does with with the. Uh, exploration focused people that they're trying to recruit anyway uh, on the planet they find Orion's at the portal waiting for them they negotiate a trade for the grain that they need I think and also the use of the portal in exchange for letting history believe that Orion scientists discovered the portal Boimler fires it up and he and Mariner travel back to their time Uh, there's a brief moment where you think uh oh, they're gonna double up time travelers again as Tindy and uh 
I did think that, but I'm like, there's not enough episode. There's not enough episode left. Unless they just ended on a joke. Like that Futurama would do that. Like just as they're about to go, like three more crew members like like come spilling out, like, oh, we're rescuing you. And it's this like then Pike just slaps his forehead and they (laughs) smash the credits. That could have worked. They show them carving up the rest of the NX-01 at the History Museum or whatever <laughs> at Jordy's shipyard. A post-credit scene, yeah, uh-huh. of like uh, of like Unichin Riley and and uh, <laughs> with welding uh, torches, Mar- Mariner, and- yeah, with spacesuits and welding torches. <laughs> yeah, and if they have old man Jordy coming around in a shuttlecraft, what are you kids doing? You know, shining a flashlight. Right. That'd even be funnier. Yeah, that's something because I believe they- Mariner would do for sure. Because that implies Jordy, the Jordy implies that they went back, they went to the future oh, version right. of the museum. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> so they're just fucking with the timeline for no good. Now they got it. Yeah. Now they got that. They, they got everybody back. They got to send. They got to send the uh, Una and uh, whoever back. Yeah. yeah. It'd still be funny. Maybe it's Pelia. Maybe they would have Pelia there as Ooh. the curator of that museum, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because she would be alive at that time. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of surprised they didn't look up Pelia at all in that time. Yeah, made it check in with her. She's gonna be alive, probably. Uh huh. Anyway, um, and we go back to animation, and they're on the Cerritos. Boimler tells Tindy she was right about the Orion science. Or no, I'm sorry, they're still on the planet. Boimler tells Tindy she was right about the Orion scientists discovering the portal. Then they go back to the ship where Ransom drops the fact that Mariner specifically chose the portal mission so the Boimler would be able to go on it. Because she knew he wanted to. Yeah, that's the one where I got confused about what the nature of their relationship is. But I, I think it mm-hmm. plays. It, I just wasn't sure which way to interpret it. She's a friend who doesn't like to show that she cares. Yeah, that's she's too cool it. for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also like did we talk about the old those old scientists like I thought that was also funny too anytime you can because that's like a wildly forth breaking thing it's like oh thanks for rescuing me from the old the TOS era mm-hmm. like you know we <laughs> what the fuck the old series is in terms of what but yeah it's just they're those old scientists sure I guess so I'm sure if it really works in the context of like what they're really saying is this was the age of exploration so it's weird that they would be like, who, who the fuck knows? Yeah, I mean, they were, it could have been those Orion scientists. The Orion scientist era of the, mm-hmm. yeah, so-called is when the Orions started doing science instead of piracy. Yep. So I think the Orion pirates have a good marketing. Uh, you know, they're like, uh, is, is there, oh man, it's like, who's that guy from uh, The Offer? Uh, the guy who was like running, he was a mafia mafia don running the anti Italian defamation league because he's so oh, pissed yeah, off yeah. about the way Italians are being portrayed in the in the media as mobsters, <laughs> right? And then he's doing all this mobster shit, yeah, yeah. Like the the biggest Orion pirate is running an organization called the Anti Orion Defamation League. Just like it's a, it's a goddamn shame. People as as he's in, invading <laughs> another spaceship and taking its its. Uh, uh, it's crew hostage and it's it's cargo for his own. It's just a damn mm-hmm. shame how they portray our people. It really is. Uh, and we're still in animation here in the final scene, but this time we're on the Enterprise and her crew is drinking Orion Hurricanes during Pike's birthday party, this time with real Orion Delac. 
which would explain, I guess, why they're still animated. This is an interesting scene because I think what they're trying to say is they've drank so much of this stuff and it just kind of fucks you up in a way that they think they're animated, but they're not. Does that mean that canonically everyone on the lower decks is smashed out of their mind? I think so. that's how they perceive their reality. They're just. Mm hmm. Must be that they put the they, they put Orion Dulac into the water. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty they funny. Had a leak this on is the ship somewhere. This is the Futurama ending where it's like Spock's got a crazy noodly arm and Ortega's making jokes about how fucking big her eyes are in proportion to the rest of her head. I think she does have big eyes. Doesn't she have like that's like one like 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 I think of Ortega. She's got like not quite Galron crazy eyes, but they're (laughs) they're uh, they're they're big, big round peepers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, that's the episode. Uh, I enjoyed it. Yes, it's heavy with references but that's lower decks baby yeah it's uh it'll be interesting to see if uh, they get a lot of uh, lower deck people watching uh off of this but i imagine like yeah if you're already a star trek fan you're probably i'm like one of the crazy exceptions i guess that i'm not watching a cartoon uh they did take us by surprise they are mm-hmm. releasing three episodes like we were not johnny on the spot with this episode because we had no idea they were planning on releasing it over the weekend uh, we have now caught up and we are going to do an extra episode this week so we can get back on a release schedule we will have another episode out for you by the time the next episode drops um which is this thursday and because we got surprised and we're doing one in the middle of our you know kind of like outside our normal routine and don't have feedback for this one but if you'd like to as i put out a call for many times this episode if you'd like to send us feedback star trek at baldmove.com uh we'll have that compiled for the next episode star trek at baldmove.com is where you want to send in that feedback otherwise you can follow if you want to know hey what else is bald move up to because we're up to a lot of stuff talking about foundation uh, talking about Star Trek, we're talking about uh, Justified, City Primeval just got started. Um, you can follow us on all social medias at Bald Move, except for TikTok, we're Baldest Move there. Uh, you can also join the club if you'd like to support what we're doing here at Bald Move and get extra bonus uh, content, audio and video, and skip the ads. Uh, club members get ad free feeds. You can find that uh, on how you can help us out doing what we're doing here at Bald Move at support.baldmove.com. Otherwise, we'll see you later this week for the latest episode of Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.